0: Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast.
1: Welcome everybody to another edition of the 8-Bit Suplex here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I'm one half of your co-host, uh, very thankful to have my other co-host because uh, I think probably without her, nobody would listen to this show because nobody wants to listen to me talk about wrestling for however long we talk about it, or video games for that matter, uh, but without further ado, <laughs> Sandy, how are you?
0: Hi, I'm good, Josh, how are you?
1: Oh, uh, you know, just getting ready for the holiday, uh, you know, getting the house packed up, ready to move. Had a uh, a good recording session with uh, with Richard James on One Nation Radio last week, uh, so definitely yeah, uh, check you know that one out. check that one out for sure. We talked about uh, the Sendai Cinderella uh, show from Stardom, so definitely uh, go check that out. And we also previewed Survivor Series, a preview of Survivor Series probably wouldn't help you out much now that we're past Survivor Series, <laughs> but definitely go check out our review of uh, of Sendai Cinderella. Uh, we get pretty in depth with it some really good stuff um i don't know how much stardom you've watched but i think it's actually probably the first time i've ever sat down and watched a full stardom show from start to finish um so i really enjoyed it
0: i am so jealous i have yet to do that and stardom has been like on my top list of promotions to watch and i know just a couple of the wrestlers and you know i watched some things here and there but never actually sat down and watched a full show and watched enough to be like All right, these are my favorites, these are the faces, these are the heels, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. It just hasn't been consistent. And I've always kind of kicked myself in the ass for that because there's such amazing talent in that promotion. Oh my god, they are so hard-hitting. They are, they do things that, man, what I've seen have just completely blown me away.
1: Oh, absolutely. And what's crazy, too, is that, like, I didn't realize this until after the fact, but in one of the multi-man matches, there was a 13-year-old wrestling. So... Um,
2: yeah.
1: it's it's kind of nuts because we would see that as a problem here in the states, uh, oh, but in right. Japan they're just like business as usual. Man, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> so. uh man, those, training those, is tough. It it is. It's very tough. They put them through that dojo system just like the men. Um. So definitely, uh, definitely check out that show and then uh, check out our review on One Nation Radio. Um, but other than that, I mean, just uh, you know. We, uh, we took last week kind of off, kind of impromptu, uh, you know, between uh, my house moving and you had some family in from out of town, I, I, you uh, you told me, so, you know, just kind of uh, seemed like a good uh, pre-holiday break for us.
0: That's exactly what happened, just timing, so we're so sorry we couldn't bring you guys a new episode, and because of that, today we will be covering Impact, we'll be covering the latest show that happened just yesterday, November 24th, and we'll kind of... You know, for any kind of storylines that we may have missed, we'll maybe touch up on what happened on the uh, November 17th episode, but we're not going to fully cover the 11 show. We figured, hey, why cover the two shows? I feel like that would be just such a long drag. So we're going to briefly cut to the chase and get into Impact. We Lots of stuff happened in the past couple of weeks, um, of course, from the aftermath from uh, Turning Point. What did you think of Turning Point?
1: Uh, you know, I thought Turning Point was actually a, a really fun show. Um, we have, uh, you know, uh, some, you know, debuting action out of uh, Joe Doring, uh, which I was not uh, expecting. Um, that was kind of cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just, just overall some pretty good matches. Uh, more titles changed than I thought was going to happen. I didn't expect uh, Deanna Peraza to get her Knockouts Championship back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, I, you know, I really liked the show quite a bit.
0: It was really fun. I only got to see about half of it. I know I'm laughing so much, but then of course, you know, we do see everything that kind of the, the fallout from it. Um, so much happening, and the one major thing I do want to call out from the 1117 show is it was the last Treehouse segment. It was the final match of the Rascals on Impact Wrestling, and of course, we had uh, them team up. It, it was going to be. Um, Rich Swann and Trey Miguel versus Dez and Wentz, it was an amazing match, of course. They Very went good. and did everything. Yeah, oh my god, they they completely just stole the show, they left their mark, they did exactly what they set out to do, and that was to make it Impact, and Impact, no pun intended, I swear, did not even think <laughs> of that one ahead of time. <laughs> and it was really sad at the end, because I mean, even from, from them just coming to the ramp, you know, there were teary-eyed. Trey Miguel couldn't hold it together. Like, he was crying from the get-go. Dez looked so... He looked pissed. I was like, what is wrong with him? But he was just trying so hard to hold back the tears. And towards the end of the match, they just kind of all broke down. And I, I don't know about you, but I definitely cried a little bit. <laughs> I got very I emotional.
1: I wouldn't say that I
0: cried,
1: uh, but I definitely <laughs> felt the emotion there. And, and, uh, and, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is where these guys, you know, kind of became the the names that we know them to be now and and without them really stepping up and um creating such a quote-unquote impact uh in the tag team division there um you know i i i don't know where they go to to fill that void um it because they were one of the best uh ex going there so um we're sad okay. to see him go um happy to see where they wind up um and and that they get, obviously are going to continue to work and get booked and, and get you know hopefully a long-term contract out of it uh and you know get some financial stability which i think uh, we could all use here in 2020.
0: Oh hell yeah with that being said i need somebody to hold me back from those uh black friday shopping video game deals uh we'll get to that <laughs> later but <laughs> let's go ahead and start so the show starts out of course we do have a like they always do kind of give us a preview, not a preview, but like a reminder of what happened last week and wh- everything that's transpired. Uh, but we do start in the ER with uh, Johnny Bravo in a coma, so Scott more right. <laughs> ready to pull the plug from this man, poor <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually like, I legitimately laughed out loud, he was like, oh god, he looks terrible and the doctor comes in, it's like, I have some news, he's like, just pull the plug, and I right. just started laughing, I was like, "Game." <laughs> <laughs> I love how
1: he was like, uh, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not his dad, uh, but ha- I have power of attorney, so if we need to pull the plug, yes. I mean, just go right ahead. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's not <laughs> what we're doing here. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. The
0: doctor just, yeah, the doctor just says, hey, it's A-OK, and then, of course, we'll get to that later. This The show is very uh, wrestler's court heavy, which we'll get to, of course, a little bit. I mean, I don't know how much more we want to talk on it. It was pretty straightforward, I thought, um, but the first match of the night. We start off in a uh, knockout tag team tournament match between Sarah Hogan and Sasha Steel. This is the second match in the tournament, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. The Correct. The last one taking place last week. Um
1: That was... uh Havoc
0: and Nivea actually beat...
1: Alicia and Tenille.
0: Yes, there you yep. go. They actually got defeated by Havoc and Nevea. So now this is the second match. Um, and of course, we, I'm, not, I'm not sure, Josh, how familiar you are um, with the sea stars, but I've actually been watching Ashley Vox in the Indies for quite some time and I'm absolutely obsessed with her. She's so charismatic and she gives it her all in that ring. And she really, I've seen her stuff with Chris Statlander, if I'm not mistaken, and just a lot, lots of different matches that she's had in the Indies all over the place. And I, I absolutely love her. And I love that she partners with her sister um and their whole thing on on she calls herself a real catch but not like r-e-a-l it's r-e-e-l right yeah the the puns yeah the puns
1: are (laughs) everywhere uh no that was actually uh the first time i saw them in action so uh i've never seen either one of them on wrestle i'm not as um i I haven't watched as much of, of the indies as you have um but i i thought they held their own pretty well here against uh a pretty formidable team of Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles.
0: Absolutely. Um, we start off with Kiara, and we start, oh my God, I got to find, do you have her name on there with you? Not Ashley Vox, but her sister's it's, uh, name, the taller. Uh,
1: Del- Delmi XO.
0: Delmi XO. So she starts out with lots of creative pin opportunities from the get-go and it looked solid. It was, it was some pretty good, solid technical pins there. When Vox got in the ring, I was sensing some nerves coming from her. Usually she's very hard hitting and very precise, and I feel like right from the get go she kind of missed that spot where she was supposed to get out of the turnbuckle when Tasha feels yeah. coming in, and then mm. she goes and tries it again and actually nails it. So I feel like it was a lot of nerves. I feel like she was kind of nervous about like working the camera and getting all that situation uh, kind of happening there for them as their shot, of course. Uh, but she's she's solid, man. I and even and even, even with the nerves, she, she looks she still looks great. Um, and also, I wanted to know Tasha and Kiera have grown so much on me over the time that we've been watching Impact. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I was like, okay, Tasha feels, you know, you can, you can kind of tell she's not, she's still kind of getting the hang of things, you know, in the in the very beginning. But, man, yeah, no, she's so solid, and, and I think her and, and Kiera could be one of the tag teams to make it all the way and win the championship at the end. Um, especially them being, you know, impact talent, impact grown talent. I know Kiera has been there for a very long time. So, what did you think of the match?
1: Yeah, I thought the match, uh, you know, I thought it went pretty good. Um, you know, we're, we're clocking in over seven minutes here, um, which, with the exception of the main event, it is the longest match on the card. It really kind of the only match that really uh, meant anything. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I thought it was really good. It was a good showing for the Sea Stars. Uh, maybe we see them pop up somewhere else. Maybe they pop up and impacts, you know, kind of more full time. Given now that we have the knockout tag titles that are going to be a permanent fixture, um, but yeah, no, I thought they did really well. And Kiara Hogan and Tasha that uh, you know, they own their characters, they own their work in the ring. They were getting really, really good. Um, I'm interested to see kind of their next match will either be against Diana Perazzo and Kimberly or Taya and Rosemary. Um, okay. Which I don't really, I can't really tell who might kind of get that one. That that one kind of seems, in you know, kind of hard to predict, uh, because Ty and Rosemary are the veterans. There, they you know, they're the the mainstays of Impact. Um, but then you know, you have Diana, who's the knockouts champion. So you know, we'll have to kind of see where that one goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I could see Kira and Tasha, you know, because they'll they'll win by by Hook or by Crook, right? So. They're kind of that that tweener, not really a heel, but they're certainly not a babyface team either. Um, So, really good match out of them. I will say, you know, Kira Hogan um, over the past day on Twitter has kind of tweeted out some things that are kind of like, ooh, you know, maybe someone needs to do a wellness check kind of thing. Um, Oh, no. So, yeah, you know, things like, uh, I just want to run away, tough love with a broken heart emoji, I'm quitting life dead to the world. Uh, if you need me, my phone is being switched off. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, um, just to, you know, make sure everyone's okay. Um, so who who I knows? Hope so. um, that's that's going on like about a day or so of of that happening. So, um, but yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Um, but she she definitely had a good week uh, in the ring, picking up the win. Uh, with Tasha Steels. So, you know, we'll see uh we'll see what happens. And we we'll Josh. Maybe Oh,
0: i so sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, I was just going to say I mean they, we they've they've already taped I think the majority of what the tournament is going to be leading up to. Um uh I'm sorry. Uh hard to kill, which is where I think I believe they're doing the, the uh championship match. So, we'll see kind of uh oh, you right. know, you know how that that plays out, but I think they've they've pretty much taped everything that's airing in December, I believe um so we'll see we'll see kind of uh you know where they go from there
0: we shall see but i do wanted to ask you did you by any chance i know you didn't take a lot of notes from from impact this this episode but did kara actually pin the legal sea star because i could have swore Vox was the legal man the woman in that match and then like they took her to the outside and brought her sister in, which I still cannot get her freaking name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then dumb they dumb her. Me
1: out. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I think there was a time too to that I think there was a time too that Tasha was in the ring working without a tag. Like she never tagged in, but she just kind of de facto became the legal person in. Uh, so there was kind of some, you know, fast and loose with the uh, you know kind of uh, what do they call those lucha tag rules. So. Oh you know. yeah, like
0: oh god, everyone's in the ring. I don't know what to do, and the referee's just like, oh well, whatever. Right?
1: Yeah, we see that you know almost uh, we, every time the uh, Lucha Bros are involved in a tag match, nobody knows who the hell they, they, they don't they don't tag in and out really. They just kind of oh he's in the ring, so he's the legal man. So, um, which you know, I, which I, and and having watched you know a, a fair amount of uh, Lucha Libre, I will say it is, does seem to be kind of like a fifty-fifty. A tag-in, tag-out kind of situation. So, you know, who knows?
0: <laughs> the longer the match goes, like, the, the tag just completely disappeared. It's like, oh, God. Well, let's just trust the ref. Like, I don't know what the ref is there for. He's kind of like, oh, God. <laughs>
1: yeah, especially when they throw Rick Knox out there who's just completely just like, uh, I don't, alright, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, so.
0: that <laughs> is like, shit. <laughs> Alright, so moving right along. So right after the match, we see Jordan Grace. She's looking at the monitor and not in the super cheesy way that WWE does. So there's just, she's watching, you know, it's not completely from that weird, awkward side angle, which I, I, that's <laughs> really what I thought when I watched it. I'm like, alright, yeah, they're just shooting her watching the thing, not from a weird angle thing. But guess what? She is teaming up with freaking jazz before her retirement not jordan grace's retirement Jazz's retirement and they are tagging they're teaming up together in this tournament and i cannot wait i freaking love Jazz.
1: (laughs) yeah no that's that was that was pretty awesome that was a good reveal and and, you know we were kind of like oh we don't know who jordan's gonna tag with you know there's you know are they gonna bring someone in uh but yeah no jazz is i mean hey if you're gonna pull in somebody from the outside to, you know, spice up your tournament a little bit, might as well pull in jazz. um That is the
0: person to do it. Yes.
1: So. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how she does. Uh, you know, I'm sure that she'll Here. do fine.
0: Oh, she still looks fantastic. I was like, oh god, how old are you, woman? Because you still you look. She still looks fantastic. I cannot wait to see yeah. her back
1: in there. I mean, she she probably <laughs> looks as as um, as buff as as ever, right? As as muscular as oh, my ever. Gosh. So, I mean, I I wouldn't fight her.
0: <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Throw my ass out everywhere. <laughs> but next, of course, so this this episode, I will warn you guys, if you haven't seen it yet, it is very backstage heavy. We're setting up a lot of things throughout December, throughout all these tapings. Not that that's a bad thing because I feel like Impact really nails the whole uh, backstage segment and their interviews. They completely nail it. You know, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. forced. If it's supposed to be funny, we get that, it's not supposed to be taken too seriously. If it's something that extends a storyline, you know, they're not reading some boring lines. It's it's them. It's them. It's their character, it's their personality and it's not forced. Um right. so when we talk about backstage segments you know, they hit the nail on the head. I'm I'm all for it. I'm the biggest freaking impact fan right now. <laughs> and we're not even sponsored, you guys. I promise we're not getting paid no, by Impact, all. by Access TV, by whoever owns them. I promise you, we are just new fans who are just trying to appreciate the product. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we do see Ethan Page and Josh Alexander Page, Page dropping the news of Doc Gallows apparently being out of action for four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. So... Ethan is super stoked, he's laughing his ass off. He's like, Hey, let's go buy let's go celebrate with whoever did this to dog owls. But Josh not so excited. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but I feel like this is the very first time I we've heard Josh Alexander speak <laughs> since we've watched Impact. Can you recall him speaking in any other any other segment?
1: no i i think you might be right there wow. I, I mean he, he normally ethan is is the uh mouthpiece certainly but he definitely uh fires back pretty hardcore here and and uh shuts him oh down God, because you know you can't challenge for the tag titles if one of the two guys is hurt so they're like, he's like what are you doing we have to wait six what weeks now to on? get our titles back <laughs>
0: Exactly, and I can't believe even didn't even think about that. And It's like, hello, if Doc Alice is out, you guys can't challenge, you guys can't get your titles back, and Josh put it perfectly, he's like, why are you excited? I want the titles back right away, and I was like, oh, yeah, you make a good point, Josh, and you know, his anger, his frustration came out so natural, too, it was just him yelling at his tag team partner, like, what are you thinking? Yeah. So it was perfect, and yeah, I thought it was fantastic. So, they nailed that. And then next, of course, we go into Wrestler's Court. Dun, dun, dun. This is exactly what the house stuff was supposed to be. It's supposed to be goofy. They're not taking it so seriously. It's, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe this to someone who's not watching. <laughs> there are yeah. backstage in this box court thing made out of the containers where they bring all the production things in. So funny, you know. It I was mean, a really good segment. Your help, Josh.
1: Yeah, so I mean, for those that don't know or don't have listened to the the Conrad verse uh, of podcasts, this is a wrestlers court was something that Bruce Pritchard brings up uh, quite a bit um, on something to wrestle. So basically, the idea is that if somebody did something, the boys in the back would gather up, and then they'd have what quote unquote wrestlers wrestlers court. So basically, you know, whatever the case may be, say uh, you know, you left some guy at the hotel instead of making you know, instead of driving him to the next town or whatever it is, they'd have wrestlers court and then you'd have to buy that guy like a case of beer or something like that. You know, nothing really serious. So uh it's definitely uh laying into you know, kind of a, a peek behind the curtain of wrestler's court, right? So uh we have the uh the honorable uh Judge Dreamer. Uh, who uh, sent me over mm-hmm. his, you know, hit the briefs before the, uh, you know, through Twitter, just so that I could study oh, them, nice. make sure, right, make sure that, you know, everything was in order. Um, but yeah, no, he, uh, and then uh, Madison Rain uh, winds up representing her locker room uh, talk co-host, Johnny Swinger, who is on trial for the murder or the attempted murder of Johnny Bravo. Um, and then she points out like, hey, like what gives here? Like you ran the entire investigation. Why are you the judge? He's like, Oh yeah, good point. So he winds up switching with the uh the prosecution um who was originally uh D. Brown uh which I think what did they say that he's from the the nation of uh of legislation or something like something 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 <laughs> silly like that, right? Um and so D'Lo winds up a
2: lot up, of great fun.
1: Right, So D'Lo winds up being uh the judge. Um and yeah, I mean, it was I, I don't know that we need to to touch on every little thing. Cause like you said, there's, it's just, it's very joke heavy. And I would say probably half of this episode is wrestler's court. Um, so it, it would be difficult to summarize and go back and, and kind of peek back and jump back in and out of this thing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth going and making sure that you go and, and, and hear all the different jokes. Like, uh, you know, Swinger at some point says the name Ron Simmons, which you know, prompts D-Lo to go, "Damn!" Right, just like Ron Simmons <laughs> used to do. So you know, uh, it was it was a really fun segment. I really like. I really enjoyed. Like I, I, I lol'd a couple times uh, watching Russell score. It was score. so
0: good, dude. Swingers, wait, yeah, Swinger, and There's the Johnny and then Johnny. The right, had to get their names <laughs> right. Swinger with his one-liners. He's a great promo. Like he is that character, and I think it, Tommy said something about, oh no, Swinger was like, I am the, I am the O.J. Simpson of pro wrestling. And Tommy goes, when was the last time you read a newspaper? He's like, '91. Uh, he didn't say brother. He said '91. What? The, a, he kept calling Swinger baby. Daddy, daddy. Daddy, daddy. Damn it, daddy. '91, daddy. And now I, I started laughing so hard like his one-liners were amazing this man is that character and i love him for it
1: yeah Um, at at, at that point (laughs) at that point dreamer's like uh yeah i got no other questions
0: (laughs) (laughs) like clearly you didn't do this because you're not that great of a, a genius or anything like that but anyway like like you mentioned you know they do a lot of uh cutbacks to wrestlers court and it was hilarious if you, I know it's not the cup of tea of a lot of people that want to take wrestling super seriously. And I understand, but I feel like, you know, they're doing it. They're not taking themselves seriously. It's fun. It's all in good fun. But we do find out who ended up shooting Johnny Bravo, which was, drum roll please. Can you do a drum roll? I don't know, I don't know if
1: it's going to do that. Thank
0: you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it will. Maybe. I don't know. He going to drum roll, you guys. But it was Lawrence, Lawrence D, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not 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 Larry not, D. Not Lawrence Larry D.
1: D. But we find that out because uh, Bravo awakes from his coma, of course, because Rosemary admits that she doesn't, she never loved him. It was all about never the virginal loved. blood. Virgin blood. All about the virgin blood. Which ill?
0: Like how will it be? He's a virgin. I mean, not ill. I mean, everyone has different lives. They might right, no, me. So. We're not here to judge.
1: <laughs> We're not here to judge. Uh no, but <laughs> so uh, he he wakes from his coma very angry, and he says he knows who killed him, or tried to kill him because he could smell him. And of course, if you remember back from Russell House, this is long term storytelling here, Sandy. Long term,
0: exactly, um, which i very proud of.
1: If you remember from uh, Russell House, uh, Larry D puts on his uh, cologne called Ring Rust which is a very distinct smell and of course turns him into Lawrence D who then confesses to the attempted murder of Johnny Bravo because if you recall from Russell house Lawrence D was in love with Rosemary because of a spell that she put on him to make him fall in love with her to make Bravo jealous to get him to you know so we're coming full circle on this thing what and a at, for, story and you know <laughs> I'm just like Man, <laughs> you know this is like a solid four months of story, uh, all coming through on this. You know who shot Bravo thing. So, um, <laughs> the I you know, what? kudos to them. My hats off to them. I didn't see them actually like. It, how refreshing is it for a wrestling show, Sandy, to come back full circle on like four months of television?
0: Dude, I feel like it's even longer. No, it's about four months. I have a terrible sense of time. I don't even know why I was trying to put my input in there. But you're <laughs> absolutely right. And it kind of blew me away because I thought, okay, they were going to pick some, like, person we haven't even seen before to create a new story, and then, like, it didn't even make sense. Because, you know, that's how usually wrestling goes, you know, what we're used to anyways, where it's right. just is kind of out of nowhere, like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, this would have made more sense. And in fact, of course, they didn't do that. They they went with the route like, hey, we have this story from forever ago. And if you've been watching the show, if you are watching and keeping up with Vessel House, you will know exactly like this makes perfect sense. Lawrence was in love with Rosemary. Rosemary ended up marrying Johnny Bravo. I always want to say Johnny Swinger. I have to slow down the move. But yeah, I thought it was hilarious. And then, of course, the wrestler's court was not for determining who shot Johnny. Bravo, but it was to determine if johnny swinger had done it so he's off the hook and that was wrestlers court did i miss anything from that i think that was it right <laughs> i think
1: we touched on uh i mean it, it's a tremendous amount of of the episode so definitely go check it out if you didn't you know i don't think we've i think we touched on all the key points um and, yes. and and we didn't spoil all the jokes so please go listen and watch uh, wrestlers court <laughs> um I don't know, if, if someone out there uh, you know, maybe wants to, to uh, put a smash cut on YouTube of just the wrestler's court uh, segments, That'd by all cool. means, that would be great. <laughs> Please go do that. Yeah. Or hey, uh, Impact Wrestling, if you're listening, Gail Kim, if you're listening, go back. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> exactly, go back and, and, and ask someone to do that. Ask one of those uh, AV nerds. That's what they're there for. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, really great segments.
0: It was so good, and also because of this, I just found out that D'Lo Brown is a freaking producer for Impact. I had no idea. Did you know this? Uh,
1: I was aware of that. yep.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't know. I was I I almost I popped when I saw him come out. I was like, oh <laughs> D'Lo Brown, and I'm like, oh wait, he's a producer. My bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Of course, he goes by uh, Delorean Brown uh, because I don't know exactly. if he can use D'Lo Brown or not. You know, one of those. You know, of fun those things. things.
0: But <laughs> moving right along you guys in this episode of Impact for eleven twenty four. We have next my man, my idol, Repeat Raju with the promo of a lifetime in the ring. Can't even really recall what he said, but I was just like blown away by it because I think he just said what was the promo about? Just him being better. Of course regular heel shit. I'm better right. than you and but just the way oh man the way that this man works the mic I'm obsessed with him I need I need a shirt <laughs> oh Pro Wrestling Tees has a sale right now for Black Friday and guess what you can find our t-shirts there for the Eight Bit Suplex podcast, there are on sale, and any other T-shirt from the uh, Social Suplex Network. So go check those out. That's my plug of the evening. Yeah, for uh, sure. Right along.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, so he is having a match against Suicide, and so it's really funny because the, the match was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the Beat reju Challenge for the Exhibition Championship. But as soon as Suicide comes out, repeats like, no, no, this isn't happening. I see what you're doing. This isn't gonna, nope. Mm-mm. He takes the championship off of the, the, the match. He says, no, this isn't for the title. It's gonna be just a one-on-one and that's it. So it's no longer a championship match. And we see these two go at it. I thought it was a, a pretty solid match. It wasn't really supposed to be much of anything because this, this is mainly one of those story things. Mm-hmm. Um, as you guys recall, TJP has been the chase of Rohit Raju and for that exhibition championship, but Scott DeMora said, hey, no, you're out of opportunities. You can no longer challenge him for that championship as long as he is the champion. And we saw him last time, TJP being like, oh, okay, well, maybe if I can be, if I can just not be TJP, I can still get the championship. So the thinking here from Rohit, of course, is very smart. He thinks, hey, it's TJP under the mask, which is exactly what I thought at first. What
1: did you right. think of this, match, Josh? Uh, no, I thought it was a very good match, and, and like you said, you know, Scott the even said, "Hey, nobody named TJP is allowed to challenge." So as long as it's anybody not named TJP, you know, and then of course they kind of play that you know TJP is not the smartest guy in the world. So you know, who knows if he figured it out or not, right? And I, I think he finally gets <laughs> it at the end. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Suicide trots out. Um, and so pretty much the whole match, uh, you know, where he, uh, is trying to claw at the mask to reveal TJP and I could tell based on, on kind of how he was moving and also just the, the overall physique that it wasn't TJP. Yeah, yeah. Cause it was a bit of a bulkier person. Um, I didn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell who it was. Uh, I just knew that it wasn't TJP. Um, but yeah, no, very good match, you know, clocks in just about five minutes, um, but yeah, for you know something that was just kind of pushing the story along, uh, I thought it was really good. And, uh, you know, of yeah. course he eventually gets the mask off and uh, it's revealed to be uh, Crazy Steve who gets the gets the jump on him uh, after TJP comes out and uh, gets the win. So uh, Crazy Steve, believe it or not, defeats Rahit Raju in the non-title match.
0: And so now I'm sure we can expect some kind of him chasing the exhibition championship, which like we've talked about before, we're not the biggest Crazy Steve fans, mainly because of that character, but man, he after the match that we saw from, actually I think this may have been in the eleven seventeen episode um, yeah, so we've actually, we didn't get to talk about this, but they, Brian Myers and Crazy Steve had a um, mm-hmm. a great match, actually they've had a couple of matches if I'm not mistaken uh, well he had the
1: one and then he had the one with swaggle that crazy Steve ran in on that's
0: right gotcha no it was last week it was last week that Brian Myers with crazy Steve had had a match and I absolutely loved that match I thought they had Steve looked absolutely great usually he doesn't because he does all these little comedy matches but this with Brian Myers this is a type of of a match he could really excel in and I'm glad, I'm kind of glad you know if he's you know done with the whole comedy crap that he normally does from wrestle House, and he's actually going to be in the running for the exhibition championship and maybe getting some opportunities to wrestle other guys and, and go for the chase of the title Then good for him I'm excited to see that other side of him because what I saw from him and Brian Myers the previous episode was fantastic um, so yeah it wasn't TJP it was actually Crazy Steve and of course we do see EY coming along Wait, let me make sure I have that right.
1: No, nah, I think you jumped in. You
0: Eric
1: Young, Eric Young comes out much later.
0: Much later. Okay, thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no worries. Oh, All right, right. Next. So now
0: I you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> go ahead.
0: Me. We're gonna need to cut that part.
1: <laughs> well, no, we're no, you're good. <laughs> well leave it in.
0: <laughs> no! You don't yep. leave me in here. So, for everyone listening, because apparently he's not going to edit it. He's like, hey, so I'm going to need you to um to take the lead on this one because my notes are limited because my, my child was, was on me and I was carrying while watching Impact. So, I'm a nervous wreck right now directing the show <laughs> and leading because usually I'm like – I usually go by, like, what Josh says and, like, he kind of guides me. And like, I'll put, like, some input here. But, like, now I feel like I'm driving and I'm trying not to crash us in and steer us into a tree, you guys. So –
1: but listen, it's That's okay. We, we, got a, we got a good vehicle. If we hit a couple of trees, it'll be okay.
0: What kind of car do we have? A Hummer? Those, uh, easy.
1: I won't say Hummer. Uh, what's the, uh, what's the, um, the Warhog from Halo? That's what we're driving. So we'll be all right. Indestructible.
0: Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, those are fantastic. That was my favorite one.
2: <laughs>
0: all right. So next in uh, we see Shamrock and Sammy backstage they are getting hyped up for the main event. So tonight we're actually going to get Ken Shamrock uh, Versus Rich Swan for the main championship world championship and of course Moose interrupts Sammy is <laughs> so funny because as soon as Moose comes into the frame And Sammy goes look at this dumbass and like gets right in front of him <laughs> to block him from <laughs> ten, which I popped so hard for I, I don't know why I, that made me laugh so hard. But Moose is pretty much in there to say his title is superior, and he wanted Swan first. And um, he's upset that he's not getting him, and he tells Ken's like, "Hey, if you do end up getting the win over Rich Swan, just re- remember what happened the last time we saw each other, the last time we met in that ring. Apparently, Moose beat Ken's ass. When was this? Do you recall? Uh, was
1: I, it was it was before our time, so we'll just we'll just say uh. It happened previously on impact wrestling.
0: Previously. Yeah. So Moose beat Ken and now he's saying, Hey, if you win, I'm coming for you Which hey makes sense. And um, now next we a oh man, very backstage heavy. Tanil and Kay, Caleb with a K being them of course backstage of trying on glasses for Tanil. Sure. Alicia Edwards approaches them and she's like, It's all about us right?
1: <laughs> right, so she still thinks that awkward. she's a tag partner.
0: <laughs> oh my god, it was so cringy. I was like, Girl, no, Tanil does not want to partner with you. Uh, so of course she wants to keep tagging with them together and Tanil not so much. I'm not really sure how this ended. This was just Tanil saying was she still kinda of giving her the cold uh, shoulder, I know.
1: She just kinda of said something. like, uh yeah, sure, whatever, fine. And that was kinda of it. So I guess Alicia and Tanil will remain a tag partner uh, for now, I oh, guess. We'll see. Even though they've been eliminated, so we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe they'll challenge for it uh, later on.
0: Who knows? That Tenille didn't sound very enthused about that. Alicia was. Uh, <laughs> that was that. And oh, the next match I was very excited for. We have Kimberly with Tiana by her side versus Killer Kelly with her impact knockout debut and she comes out with renee michelle which Mm -hmm. they are actually a tag team in the tag tournament um for the knockout team championship i also want to let our listeners know if you're in the tampa bay area renee michelle will actually be at the gcw show december 4th in Tampa. There mm-hmm. is the Diamond Cup going on. Lots of great female talent there. If you're in the area, definitely check it out. DCW, Renee Michelle will be there, and it is December 4th here in Tampa. So definitely check that out. Moving right along, how much do you know about Killer Kelly, Josh? Uh,
1: well, I know that she was with WWE for a time, and then was granted her release. Um, I believe that I saw her at. I think she was in. Was she in the Mayon Classic too? Um, I think she was. And if that was the case, I was at Mayon Classic too. Um, there was a lot of heavy hitters uh, there, so uh, if she wasn't, if she was there, I don't really remember her too too much uh, being there. Um, just because that was, I mean, Mako Satamora, Io Shirai, Tony Storm were oh. all a part of that tournament. So uh, yeah. if I sorry sorry <laughs> Kelly, you know, or you know Raquel as as a, her shoot name, um, but yeah, no, she uh, has that kind of really uh, intense. Almost uh, MMA style uh, of of wrestling, um I really like her a lot. Uh, every chance that I've gotten to see her, um so and and I was hoping uh you know they would give her kind of a little bit more of a a shine here, but you know unfortunately it's it's you know it's a four minute match to further Deanna and Sue Young's uh storyline versus giving you know giving it because. Killer Kelly and Renee Michelle have a first-round matchup against Jordan Grace and Jazz, so they're going to lose. <laughs> so I, I would have liked to yeah. see them give Kelly the win here just to kind of show, like, oh, they might have a chance and actually, you know, invest in that tag tournament a little bit there. Uh, but I get it, you know, this, this young uh, Diana Perazzo of it all is is kind of the more important part of this match. So, um, But, yeah, no, I thought it was a really good match.
0: I was I 100% right there with you. I really thought they were gonna give a chance for uh, Killer Kelly to really show what she's made of, what she can do in there. And I was really excited to see her, but unfortunately, man, she didn't get any offense in there whatsoever. Maybe like one thing that she did, Kimberly was just destroying Kelly from the get-go. And um, yeah, I absolutely love her look. Like you mentioned she has that kind of mma look but it's not done to the point where i don't know i feel like there's a lot of characters out there that kind of try to do the mma look and it just kind of looks either overdone or like they're trying too hard or it's not legitimate or if it is legitimate it's like who cares
2: right she
0: she has her wrestling gear yes she uses the mouthpiece but she like to me her look is just so much more than just that mma look she has like that those crazy eyes and they're super dark And her intensity and her facial expressions to me is just everything. And I know she can go. I've seen her matches. She can go in there. And I can't believe this woman's not signed yet because she has an an amazing look. But, yeah, did not get to see much of her. I can't believe you just said it was four minutes because to to me it felt like it was longer. But, man, four minutes just seems like absolutely just nothing. It was such a short match. Right. Um, But Kimberly, I mean, of course, you're in there with a great opponent. She got to really show what she can do as well and she she always gets to do that um kimber gets the pin with a beautiful flying scent on which she always does and it was just perfect um yeah i can't wait to see what what killer kelly and renee are able to do in the tax championship i hope that it's going to be more of a showing of what she can do we shall see of course you know facing off against Jason and jordan we know who's moving forward in that one, but I really right. do hope they give them the time and the uh, opportunities to showcase. What I they think can.
1: they'll probably, I think they'll probably get about seven, eight minutes, just like, just like the C stars did, you know, just to to kind of give them a little showcase, give them a little work, give them a look. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jordan Grayson and, and Jazz are the two powerhouses that are just gonna, you know, we're they're just gonna run them over, I think. But uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, Killer Kelly and Jordan would be a great to see uh, mix up too. Uh, next week in that match um, but yeah and then uh, you know of course we do get uh, after the match uh, Susie's music hit and I don't know how you felt about this because this is clearly the uh, the magic of having a taped wrestling show versus a live wrestling show um, but having Susie come out to the ramp and say uh, you know hey you, you beat up my friend and I'm sorry but now my friend is here and she's not very nice or something like that and then sue young's music hit and then Sue young of course they cut away susie turns around and then Sue young comes out uh for you know the listeners that are not familiar sue young and susie are of course uh portrayed by the same person um and in fact up until this point have been the same person in in impact lore um so it's it's, it's almost fiend bray wyatt ish um where like Bray Wyatt will interact with the fiend like through like the Um, I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about it. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, it's not something that continues too too much. Um, but if it does, it does. You know. But they, they've they've done a pretty good job with the uh, character. So, you know, I'll trust them to to kind of make that decision. But, uh, you know, of course, you know, Su Young tries to get the uh, the old man to in and doesn't isn't able to get it in. Deanna and Diana uh, and Kimberly are able to escape. And walk right past Susie uh, who just kind of stays still the whole time so it it was it was an interesting segment
0: it was so creepy I I actually kind of enjoyed it because Josh you shouldn't see my face so when Susan comes out and then they hit to Young's music and then she immediately hits the ring I was like holy shit how did you change so fast like she had face makeup and stuff, and then I forgot that it was pre taped I was like thinking I'm watching, <laughs> I don't know, AEW or something. I was like, I was like, oh my god, what? I was so impressed, and i I'm, was right. like, oh wait, <laughs> this is pre taped Of course, I can right. get away with it. But you know, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was really the person that they had stand in for Susie while Sue Young was making her way out had the same body type as her, and it was just kind of creepy how Susie's just kind of standing there like a dead person, like a doll, right. which is what she is and I don't know I thought it was very well executed in that point I can't criticize it just yet because what if they do something really freaking cool with it later on it's still too early to tell what they're going to do with you know having those two personas physically together in the same room when we know it's portrayed by one person so it'll be interesting to see where they go with it and I don't know I'm excited they're trying something new
1: yeah I mean it's not a live crowd it's not like error it's you know it's all pre tape stuff so you might as well do with pre-tape what you can do with pre-tape so yeah i mean we'll see how it
0: goes exactly exactly i probably nailed it and we go backstage again man if we were running between the ring and the backstage every time they did something we'd be running a lot today (laughs) (laughs) but we find out that alex shelley is back He's back yep. from injury, as you guys recall. He wasn't able to participate in Bounce for Glory at the uh, the the big match for the for the tag team titles. He was taken out. He was dropped on his head, and he's back. He's all healed, and he's back there with his tag team partner. They are pissed. They have a to-do list of who to get back to, and mm-hmm. so good to hear that he's back. I forgot the names that he mentioned. He mentioned the Good Brothers. He mentioned, of course, the North. Oh. Yeah. Wow,
1: Yep, also Triple XL because, you know, of course they, they jumped it backstage. So, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, how they get that together.
0: I'm excited. And now, so, okay, all the freaking puns with this one. Not the puns, but. So last week, when we, on last week's show, we had the Good Brothers backstage, hanging out with spots and more, and Ethan Page comes in and says, is this what you guys are doing? You guys are in the pockets of management back here? Anyways, he's pissed. He says he demands a rematch for the titles, because of course they won it over at the um at turning point. The Good Brothers they want Ethan Page first to face off with someone um, before they give him the rematch, and he's like, fine, fine, I'll do it. And they said they know exactly who they want for this match. They have someone who is (laughs) phenomenal. And I was like, oh, what? What is happening here? They were just dropping, you know, the hints that we all... I was like, they cannot be bringing AJ. Like, how is this possible, right? So I was very intrigued from that, the previous episode. And here we are. We have Ethan Page. He comes out to the ring. He's there with Josh Alexander. And then Carl Anderson comes out, and he's ready to introduce the phenomenal one. The Wee Nominal one, <laughs> AJ Swoggle. Ah, uh, hello <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I couldn't believe it. He even looks like him.
1: I thought it was funny too. Is uh, they even played the full-on music and Titantron and everything from when AJ was in TNA? Yes.
0: And and I, it
1: was clearly like a, uh, okay, <laughs> you know,
0: like. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I think, could this be one of the situations where AJ actually owns his trademark. Well, uh, sure, trademarks?
1: yeah, right. He's, right. he's he's used that name, uh, you know, in With, TNA, in New Japan. He was AJ Styles. So uh, he's definitely, you know, Alan Jones owns his own trademarks. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, uh, Swaggle, yeah, like you said, I mean, he kind of does look like a, a, a miniature AJ Styles <laughs> uh for lack of for lack of a better word honestly. Um but yeah he comes out. He even does the uh the, the pose with the gloves. Um I freaking the... Loved it. <laughs> it, it was pretty funny. Um you know and listen, Swaggle Swaggle knows how to wrestle. I mean the guy can the guy can go a little bit. Um so but yeah he, the, the the ring announcer does introduce him as the we nominal um <laughs> AJ Swaggle and I'm just like you know, <laughs> wrestling wrestling is wrestling, and 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 that's you know, they they certainly will you know as long as Swoggle's okay with it and uh, signing off on those those jokes, then then by all means. Um, but you know, I
0: think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's done more <laughs> embarrassing and demoralizing things in his career than being uh, called the uh, nominal one.
1: He did run around dressed up at, uh, as a leprechaun for many years in, in WWE uh, as uh, Fit it. Finley's Fit Finley's uh, son. So oh. I think that's I think that's.
0: Oh my god! I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm
1: pretty sure that, that I'm pretty sure he was his son or something, right? That was that was what it oh. was. I don't I know. Don't I... quote us on, on don't quote us on Fit <laughs> Finley's fake children. Okay, that's not what we're here for.
0: <laughs> but hey, actually have had a pretty good showing here. He was getting in some yep. offense on Ethan Page. It wasn't a squash. He was he was getting some, some work done, and he actually got the win over with the schoolboy on Ethan Page, which I thought was fantastic. I was actually like, oh, okay, Swaggo, you can still go. Yeah, and Ethan Page is a big guy. He's tall, and I love that right. Ethan Page was, like, He was giving it his all too you know he's he's not one that's going to be like i'm too good for something like this like no like he was throwing those clothesline and trying to like reach down to squaggle so that he can like suck over it i thought it was so good i thought this was very well executed and the moral of the story here is that this defeat of ethan page is it's demoralizing for him like you know he's all ego ethan page well where is your ego when you're being schoolboy by you're, yeah, you're beat with the scoreboard by Swaggle in the ring for the condition was like if he won, he can get the, the rematch for the titles, and now he's really not in that contention anymore. Is that not right?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, that was it. Like, he kind of blew it on uh, losing to the Swaggle there.
0: And then, yeah, exactly out of all people to Swaggle. So, we'll see kind of like the breakdown. Of course, Josh Alexander was not happy, and even Paige just looks so distraught in the ring post-match. Um, so I can't wait to see kind of where that spirals. Anything that has to do with Ethan, Ethan Page, I am here for because the man can act, the man can wrestle, the man looks fantastic, and I cannot wait to see what <laughs> what the future holds for him in Impact Wrestling.
1: Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe we get a broken Ethan Page and he just turns into Karate Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> broken Ethan Page. Aww. You, never,
1: you never know. You never know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, oh my gosh, where are my notes here? Oh right. Oh sorry, give me one second. I actually think I just messed up my notes in my math book.
1: Oh no. Well, I can tell you what I'll I can take us through this next match while you try and figure out your notes. Um, <laughs> Please. This uh, this next match was a real barn burner of 35 seconds before the bell was rung for a DQ. Um, so technically, By gets the win over Davari. Uh, because Falabah was the first one to eat uh, a power bomb here um but he uh you know um uh, Joe Doring and Eric Young come out and interrupt the match between Fallbah and Davari. um and I was surprised that that Doring was able to get Fallbah up for such a menacing power uh power slam there or power bomb I should say um and that was uh yeah so we we'll, we'll see what kind of happens with Eric Young and and Joe Doring and what they kind of set their sights on because they've just kind of been running out and interrupting matches that shouldn't be happening anyways. Um, But, you know, (laughs) just, yeah, they just kind of come out and they're just being disruptive and trying to, uh, you know, make their presence known. It's kind of like, okay, like Eric Young's been doing this. He was the world champion. Uh, Understanding that Doring is just, you know, brand new and you're trying to establish that character, but tell us what they're doing. What are they, what's their, what's their end game here? What are they trying to prove? Where are they chasing? Are they chasing a world title? Are they chasing tag titles? Uh, we don't really know. They're just kind of still just we, beating guys up.
0: How are you feeling about Joe Dory being an impact?
1: Um, I'm are you not familiar with
0: really, his background?
1: I know that he was pretty big in All Japan. Um, that's I mean that's about as much as I know about All Japan wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> in general, <laughs> um, you know, sorry, yeah. sorry to Josh Number One who who knows all the all Japan stuff, um, but no, uh, yeah, I I don't know too too much about Doring. Um, I know he was a Triple Crown champion and he's a big big ass dude. So um, other than that, uh, I, you know, I my buddy oh and my brother and my soon to be brother in law Zach is also an all Japan fan and he said that you know getting Doring over here was a pretty big get for Impact. So, you know, I'll take their word for it and be like, you know, I'd like to see him in a, in a full-on match here. So, uh, hopefully we get to do that soon.
0: Well, that's good to hear about SAG because I know he is, I mean, he's one of our friends. He is a huge wrestling fan. I mean, I, I'll take his word for it, too. But so far what I'm seeing, you know, like his look, yeah, he's a big guy. But, I don't know, he doesn't seem that intimidating to me, maybe there's just something there i mean we need an explanation as to what's happening here they they came out at turning point i think we saw them last week we see them Mm -hmm. this week the same spiel you know they're just interrupting matches from guys that have no association to them whatsoever they're just kind of there to wreak havoc and you know ey of course takes a mic and he says this is our world this is our world okay that's kind of what you did when you first came to impact you won the championship on your own now you have this big band. Like, what are your intentions here? What are, what are What's happening? And we haven't really heard a word from Joe, really. So no, I guess it's one of those anything, things yeah. that we have to, right? We have to kind of just wait and see how it plays out. But I'm, I'm kind of disinterested at this point. Hopefully that can that can change and I can pick up um, moving forward. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but Rhino does come out um, to take them out. It was payback from last week, so Joe and EY actually jumped Rhino last week, and from what we could tell, they took out Heath um, as well when they kind of locked him in the room, and of course, Heath is injured, and they just shut the door behind them, and the poor guy, we didn't hear from him again. So Rhino comes out, but it's a numbers game, three on one, and you know, not much happened there except for EY continues with this spiel about this being his world and we'll see what happens
1: <laughs> yep exactly uh, we
0: do yeah not much I, that's that's like a, a waiting one waiting to see what happens Ooh. all right we go backstage we <laughs> this one i put in capital letters and i put ha ha ha, ha. brian Myers says tjp is a clown just like crazy Steve, but just without makeup and i laughed so <laughs> hard <laughs>
1: Yeah, a little, so, bit of, yeah. little bit of real life uh, intruding our, our backstage segment there.
0: <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I'm sure we'll see moving forward, you know, some things here with Brian Myers, Squeezy Steve. you know, like we mentioned earlier, he was in the suicide getup. Um, the whole thing with Raheem Raju, TJP, we'll see where this goes. They're kind of just building up some, some feuds here, some storylines. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that should be good. And especially if we can, no, because, well, I guess the exhibition's Championship doesn't have a weight division like there's no weight limit anymore. You can you see Brian Myers taking that up eventually? Like if he gets involved in this whole crazy stage, TJP Rohit thing?
1: I think we're going to see TJP be the one to take it mm-hmm. off of Rohit. I just feel like that's just the way it's going to be. So we'll see how it we'll see how it goes. We see how it goes. But you know, I think uh, the the big thing with TJP and. and it, this is just pure speculation on my point um but i think that him being in the new japan cup chris bay being in the new japan cup you're going to see these guys especially tjp who has that long-standing relationship with new japan um i think you're going to see more and more of that uh kind of you know like, hey look our one of our champions was on new japan cup i think that's kind of oh. you know try and pull some new japan uh, viewership over to impact wrestling so that
0: makes perfect sense i didn't even think of it like that
1: i think you know I'm i, I hate to think the that they yeah i hate to think that they you know always make you know decisions that way but you know you're trying to always get more eyes on your product so why not push you know that kind of situation there
0: oh yeah it makes perfect sense it's a business all oh, right, we have Kimberly and Diana. They're backstage after the whole freaky incident with Susie and Too Young. They're tired of it. They want nothing to do with it. They actually <laughs> turn to Father Mitchell about their Too Young uh, situation. They are saying, "Hey, can you do something about Too Young? Because we'd rather deal with Susie instead of this undead bride, uh, yeah. Suzy Young crazy person." Makes which sense to I me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: oh my
0: God! Yeah. But, hey, they're reaching out to Father Mitchell. I'm not too familiar with the whole Father Mitchell character in uh, Impact, but I know he can uh, make a mess of things from what I've uh, heard, seen, read. And so we'll see.
1: Yeah, and he, he was kind of creepy uh, because he said something like, oh, okay. you know, I'll help for a price, but then he doesn't tell them what the price is. Um, So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> like, oh, what do I have to give you, <laughs> creepy? But now we are finally here at the main event of this Impact episode 1124. Like I mentioned earlier, we have 10 Shamrock. I can't believe it. In 2020, in the main event for a major tag, oh, no tag, a major championship <laughs> match, uh, he comes out with Sammy Callahan, and this is for the title against Rich Swan. You just shook your head with your eyes closed
1: slowly yeah.
0: and slowly disappointed in life.
1: <laughs> I, you know, we we had a similar talk, I think, when, when we saw Rob Van Dam challenging for the uh, Impact World Championship back when Eddie Edwards was the champion. I I appreciate that they have these older guys on there. They're still working. Uh, they're still able to have, a, you know, a, a decent match. Um but i i would much rather see probably anyone else on that roster get the title shot uh besides Ken Shamrock but you know maybe uh maybe some people are Ken Shamrock heads i don't know
0: i don't know how much this is how much positive Uh, Impact, this is, damn it, this is having for impact. (laughs) I hate that I keep using that word. It's just there.
2: Um,
0: Yeah, who is still, I mean, yeah, he's UFC. Well, they kept calling this out a UFC uh, Hall of Famer. Yes, he has all this, but man, this match was not much of anything. It was just 10 throwing some small, meaningless kicks to Rich and Rich selling his ass off. I will give him that. Rich sold his ass off like you've never seen him sell before. <laughs>
1: Rich yeah, Rich definitely made it seem like what Ken was doing was just like the most painful, brutal Ooh. thing of all time. And I felt like Ken yeah. didn't didn't lift his leg more than four inches off the ground this entire match. So he did
0: it right. I was like, <laughs> bro, I know you can take better than that. He was not even lifting his leg at all
1: no his kicks were were very lame
0: they were so lame but bridge meant when he was out there selling it like it was the hardest kick he's ever felt in his life and we know <laughs> for a damn fact that it's not true um so it was a slow, very simple methodical i, I want to give them that it was a methodical key which not really it was just i felt just kind of lazy mm-hmm. he didn't do and didn't do a whole lot um we did see some freaking amazing uh spin heel kicks from swan and mm-hmm. he did them in a no row, so I don't know how flexible you are, Josh, or uh, anyone out there listening. Try doing one of those. You're gonna hurt yourself. I I will hurt myself because <laughs> my hips not. I don't know that. Whew. And he hit them right and right where he needs to too. He's so precise with his kicks, Rich. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And they're they're they look like they hit right on impact where they need to, but not to where they hurt you. He's He's amazing. I I've always really loved Rich Swan, and yeah, what?
1: <laughs> I will say the thing that I didn't like about this match, aside from Ken Shamrock being in it, was the <laughs> fact the fact that they couldn't just have Rich Swan pin him clean, like he had to like yeah. reverse a you know a uh, chokehold into a pin, choke, yeah. and I'm just like what are we what are we protecting Ken Shamrock for? Is Ken Shamrock not doing He's clean jobs? I mean, yeah. you know, it's like all right, whatever. Um, but so I mean <laughs> the match the match of course leads to a post match, you know, breakdown. Uh Sammy Callahan gets the baseball bat out. Eddie Edwards comes to help and of course somehow Sam Callahan tapes him to the top rope Uh, in the corner and hits him in the forehead with a baseball bat as soon as he did that I said okay uh, I I don't think Eddie's doing a blade jump on this but they're going to get some some movie magic uh, going here Um, and I will tell you this much uh, the amount of blood that was on Eddie Edwards face was incredible because they definitely just took a gallon of fake blood and just like splashed him in the (laughs) face with it because there's no way taking a hit from a baseball bat to the forehead would splatter your face like that. It just would not happen. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. It not just...
0: in that way. Not in, I mean, I've actually seen somebody get rocked in the head with a baseball bat, with a freaking metal baseball bat, and, like, full hard hit. It was brutal, and not that mm. much blood came out, and especially not the way that Sammy hit it. Sammy hit it. He didn't swing. He did the whole, like, right. like what you do with the chair, hit it.
1: Yeah, like, and with with the with the hand protection too, like his hand was on the yeah. end of the bat, like he hit him with the back of his hand, right? It's one of those like, those I, those wrestling things where you're just like, all right, I get it, you know, like I would have
0: rather inflated. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Because then at least it would have been a little bit of blood, but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. It was you know, we're we're I don't know, we're moving on to. Whatever happens next in that feud, uh, you know, maybe we're going to get... I'm sure at some point we're going to get a tag match with Eddie and Rich against Ken and Sammy or something. Uh, I don't know that that's the big payoff that everyone's waiting for, but that's the payoff they're probably going to get.
0: I think this is more a storyline of Eddie and Sammy because they keep bringing back the storyline of Sammy almost ending his career back when that accidental chair bat incident before... Every time I see Sammy rubber chair or rub bat, I'm like, I smell Eddie Edwards and I'm like, Yep, here he comes <laughs> So could th- maybe that could be the way they're they're going more off of but it's it's been done, you know? It's I don't yeah. know. They're trying to recapture that interest I guess from before, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't really I'm not really too into this. But we'll Me see neither. what happens.
1: Yeah, hey, listen, I trust I trust, you know, what Scott Damore and Don Callis are doing, so you know we'll we'll see uh, how this progresses, and uh, I will point out too that uh, D'Lo Brown decided to come out from the back oh, yeah. during the beatdown, and he got such a potato from Shamrock. Like Shamrock <laughs> caught him so flush, it you could tell D'Lo was like, like I watched it a few times, and even Gail Kim on Twitter was like, yeah, he rocked him pretty good. Like Ken caught D'Lo <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't a working punch, it was a shoot.
0: <laughs> oh my god i gotta go back to watch it because i may have blinked or something but i just saw a dealer freaking go down i'm like oh no <laughs> i
1: uh i'll shoot you i'll shoot you the 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 gif that that i saw it was pretty oh it was pretty god, intense please. um but it, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny uh but yeah no definitely uh, go check out that gif um but hey you know what that's our uh, episode of impact for this week that's
0: impact I hope you guys like it. I enjoyed it. You know, like like I mentioned every time, yes, there's a lot of uh, impact. Is so easy for me to watch. You know, they they build these storylines. They go through with them. There's good wrestling. This one didn't. It was more, you know, segment heavy, but it was so great. You know, I'm excited to see what, what next spring, what next week brings. There we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, you know, before we but do move overall, on. Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was an entertaining episode, at least, right, with the wrestler score and everything. Um, and I will say, before we move on from Impact, we do want to say rest in peace uh, to uh, co-founder of TNA Impact, uh, Bob Ryder, um, who was found uh, deceased today uh, in his home in Nashville. So, uh, you know, a uh, lot, lot of love from the uh, the Impact roster on Twitter today. Um, just saying, you know, rest in peace to, uh, him. He had been, I guess, uh, battling cancer for some time. Um, oh. and, and so they tried to do a wellness check. They, they impacted and hear from him. Tried to do a, called a you know, wellness check and police found him, uh, dead in his home. So, uh, yeah. you know, thoughts and, thoughts and prayers, uh, certainly to the, the entire impact team and, and to, uh, the family of Bob Ryder as well. Um, but to, uh, not to leave it, uh on a uh, a down note we do want to talk about since this is you know we're we're recording this and now it's actually we've crossed over into Thanksgiving so happy Thanksgiving to you Sandy. Um happy but Thanksgiving. we are we started recording this the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Um so we want to take some time and just you know talk about you know the the things that we're we're thankful for when it relates to video games. Uh and definitely uh the first thing i'm gonna say i'm thankful for sandy is i'm thankful that i'm not working in a retail store that sells video games any longer uh during black friday that's that's my first thing i'll feed off with
0: (laughs) (laughs) dude dang, we both worked at best buy actually you know what i i'm being a debbie downer because i actually enjoy working those hectic days like i just remember working at best buy and like it's 4 in the morning it's freezing outside and I have my little jacket and, like we're like going through the line and like dreaming people and giving them <laughs> tickets and stuff I don't know I actually enjoyed that it was fun it was something out of the the ordinary and to me it felt like easy days of course I was doing like self-one activations I only worked in the gaming department for like six months before I got promoted and I don't know I enjoyed it and of course yeah. I would tell everyone coming in to buy stuff but, like why Nintendo? Forget about Sony and Microsoft.
1: Nintendo's where it's at. Yeah, no, I worked in computers, so it's a little bit of a different story for me. Not that oh, fun. Oh yeah. Um, you know, computers especially my
0: least
1: favorite. Yeah, we had people line up around the building to try and get, you know, a two hundred dollar laptop. Or one year it was a hundred and fifty dollar laptop. And I am like, listen, the store has seven of these. We've or- <laughs> We've already, you know, because what we do is we'd go and we'd you know you know this, um, we'd hit the people in the line and say, hey, are you here for this product? And we'd have the, the tickets to claim it. And the first seven people would always take the laptop. And that was just it. That was the end of the laptops. And people, you know, <laughs> halfway down the building would be like, I'm looking for the laptop. Listen, buddy, <laughs> you should have been here on Monday <laughs> and in line, because that's what the people you were have doing. You
0: out a month ago. <laughs> so,
1: right, exactly. So thankfully... Uh, we don't have to deal with that this year. We can kind of relax and just keep an eye on the Black Friday game sales, um, which, you know, a lot of stores started early, Sandy, and I, I've already taken uh, advantage of a couple. Uh, I did pick up Star Wars Squadrons from GameStop for sixteen ninety nine, dollars um, which I thought was a pretty good deal. What?
0: I'm, I'm disappointed in you. GameStop? Well,
1: well, listen. They had the best price on the That's game. A I know. I know.
0: You can price match. Best Buy price match, Price matches everyone.
1: I don't. They don't buy. You, best Buy doesn't price match on Black Friday sales. You know that. So.
0: Mm.
1: Anyways, <laughs> anyways. I also went to. Be, I also did go to Best Buy and pick up uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot on sale for fourteen ninety nine. So. Oh, have
2: you played yeah. it yet?
1: i i started playing a little bit last night when my son was watching me and it's a slower paced game at least to start because it is an rpg style game um but yeah i'll i'll be playing it probably this week and now you know maybe next week i'll have a bit more of a review for it um but yeah there's tons of game sales uh uh gog has been going nuts steam has been going nuts anything you've uh seen on black friday sales that caught your eye sandy
0: what? Oh, me? No, because yep. I'm freaking broke right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am trying so hard not to shop the damn Black Friday sales. And I don't know if you guys... I'm, any gamer that has... Well, I guess if you don't have Twitter, it will be hard. But cheap gamer on Twitter, and like, there's Dr. Wario, who... they Their job, literally, is this time of year to be on top of every gaming retailer in the world. And yeah. let like, know when things go on sale right away. So Wario sixty four. Like
1: yeah. Wario sixty four. That's the best Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, if you're a gamer, period.
0: Like, He's the best. He's the lifesaver. I've gotten so many good deals from him because you know, as soon as he tweets, it's like if it's something that's discounted tremendously, it's gonna go quickly. Or he'll even post like when the websites have glitches and they they price something that's not right and it's so incredibly cheap. He's like, do it now, see if you can get the order through. And then I've gotten so many good things from that. And, of course, he was my one to help me with uh, when I wanted to do all the special edition uh, 3DSs and be <laughs> freaking in which I'm still kind of embarrassed about. But, yeah, super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, no, I haven't, haven't gotten anything yet. I know Logan and I want to grab um, the new Black Ops game and don't don't make fun of me for playing you know Call of Duty games. They're so much fun. <laughs> oh,
1: no, I certainly would never do it. But... Anywho, uh, aside from you know Black Friday sales aside, you know what's uh, what's a game that you're thankful for this year, Sandy?
0: I am thankful for a person who had a month uh, a month a birthday uh, this month on November sixteenth. I'm very thankful for Mister Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> he is the creator of the Legend of Zelda. And he turned 68 this year, and I made sure to go on Twitter and wish him a very happy birthday, because without him, there would be no Mario, no Zelda, and freaking Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong. you yeah. I mean, name it. Yeah. He, oh, you know, <laughs> if I ever get to meet this man, I feel like I would probably freak out more than if I met, like, Stone Cold. No, I can't. No, if I met Stone Cold, I would literally die. <laughs> He's up there, you know? Like, That's right, Stone Cold's right. my number one. He is a, so. Fun fact, everyone. So uncle Steve Austin was my first human crush, and there, like, I was like eight or nine when this happened, and Stone so cold. all of my boyfriends, yeah, he's he's the reason why we're here, Josh. <laughs> he is the reason why, mo, like ninety ninety eight percent of my ex boyfriends have been tall white men who are mainly bald with beards, <laughs> and then. I, Logan different. Logan
1: just chimed chimed in from the other room that he doesn't exactly fit that uh that profile.
0: No. Well, you know, he's tall. He doesn't look um like white because he has Puerto Rican in him, but he's kind he of he kind of fits the the beard. He's not completely uh, bald. No, he doesn't fit.
1: He's not but... bald at all. No. <laughs> he's got a very full head of hair. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so that's my reason why. But no, Mr. Miyamoto, I would absolutely love to meet him one day. He turned uh, 68 this year, and I was very thankful for him. And of course, that brings me along to uh, being very thankful for uh, The Legend of Zelda. I feel like if I were stranded on a deserted island, um, I would have my Switch with Breath of the Wild, Animal Crossing, and... Maybe like Mario Kart to pass the time, and I feel like I'd be all set.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Do you no, have I...
0: three Deserted Island games?
1: Three Deserted Island games.
0: And don't worry about the whole system, the logistics of like having sure, the sure, system sure, in Sure, sure, sure,
1: sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would say Final Fantasy 7, the original one, is definitely one of them. Okay. Um. Probably Ocarina of Time. and then i don't know i'd probably do like a a sports sim like an nhl game just just because you can play those games endlessly so if you're stuck on a deserted island with with so that's kind of you know that would be my my go-to there um but yeah i'll say i am thankful for uh game developers uh you know kind of uh Pushing the envelope and and trying to come up with something new, but also making sure that it comes out right. So, like uh, you know, shout out to uh, CD Project Red for not rushing Cyberpunk uh, twenty seventy seven. Uh, you know, we're still waiting on that. Um, and and really oh for game God. developers,
0: we'll that's coming up soon, right?
1: Soon, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's okay. I think it's still slated for December tenth um but but it was of course supposed to come out months ago and they said it's not Mm -hmm. done yet it's not ready yet we're not gonna you know because if you recall from you know when they released the witcher and stuff they've always been very you know thorough about making sure their games are complete that they don't need patches that they don't need this they don't need that um so definitely looking forward to that one when it comes out um, but also, you know, another game that got pushed and I, I just mentioned Final Fantasy VII, but Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, those guys, they said, listen, we know what people expect out of Final Fantasy VII and we're not going to do that. We're going to keep the characters the same, most of the story the same. Um, but then we're going to change the gameplay. We're going to change this. We're going to add things here. Um, and so, you know, I, I really, I, I'm thankful for that game this year because it was it was taking something you knew and then remaking it, right? And not remaking it in the sense of porting it with better graphics, but really from the ground up, remaking it and recreating it. And, uh, yeah, I really liked it.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I appreciate when game, de- game developers do that. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a gamble because there's going to be some fans who are like, why did you ruin something that was already perfect to, right? to begin with? But then you have the people like us, I guess, can appreciate the fact that, hey, you're taking something that they know is precious to so many people. And they're confident to say, hey, we're going to take this and we're going to try to make it even better. Something new, like a new experience that you may love even even greater than than the original. So it is with a gamble. But I feel like most of the times it pays off. And I really do hope it pays off for this one. Um, I'm not a. I don't think I've ever played a Final Fantasy game, to be honest with you. And I know you just gave me a face. Everybody's judging me right now. I'm
1: wincing real hard.
0: I'm being judged. I'm being judged. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just wouldn't even know where to start. So maybe you can you can show me the way, Josh. But yeah,
1: yeah. I right, listen. Uh, I'm gonna say this, and and I know that you agree with me here. But you know, I'm thankful for. Uh, you know the Nintendo Switch being available, um, you know, especially you know at, at console launch and through the, through, you know, the manufacturing of you know the different the, the Switch Lite and everything like that. Uh, Nintendo has proven to be uh, a far better planner than Sony and Microsoft have been with the consoles um, at launch and availability and. Uh, just, you know, having games ready to go at launch, so, uh, you know, kudos to Nintendo for, for not letting us down there. Uh, you know, like, uh, Microsoft and, and Sony have really, uh, kind of dropped the ball, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Um, but, you have know... Have you gotten one yet? No. Uh, it hasn't been delivered yet. So, I, I, I still have, a, I, I still have an order pending. Well, actually, I canceled my order because I got fed up with it. I'm like, I'm not having my money mm-hmm. tied up in limbo for all this time, so... Uh, I did cancel my order and you know I'm just going to say there's no big games that really came out that I can't play on PS4 mm-hmm. right now. So I have my PS4 Pro that'll be good enough until, you know, after the 1st of the year when the kind of the, the hype dies down. That's kind of my my stance on it. So
0: That's a good game plan. That's what I usually do with the uh, the Microsoft and the Sony consoles. Of course not with Nintendo. Nintendo, right. it has to be a day one. I'm camping for it. Nintendo <laughs> right. new thing. So.
1: Hey, listen, I lined up outside oh. of Best Buy for my Switch, so I get it.
0: Yeah, there you go. And I'm actually a terrible fan, though, because I didn't pick up Hyrule Warriors. Did you pick that one up?
1: Uh, no, I have not picked up Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity yet, but I plan on doing so.
0: I need to. I don't think it'll be on sale. That's the one thing about Nintendo. Their freaking sales are very far and few between
1: yeah, I'll say they did put a bunch of Mario games on sale, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we just picked up. Uh, my son Nolan just picked up uh, Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe on the Switch for like thirty five bucks at Best Buy. So. Oh nice. Uh, yeah, thirty five bucks for that game when it's normally sixty. Um, you know, anytime mm-hmm. that you can get a first party Nintendo game like a Mario or a Zelda on sale at all uh... definitely take advantage of that
0: Huge! you never see that
1: no never and, and and with good reason i mean it is their their flagship stuff they definitely they don't want to cheapen uh... their brand so that's kind of where they're at you know
0: they don't feel good at doing that i feel like there's very few companies that have been able to say hey our products like things don't go on clearance things don't go on sale like." We stand by our product, and oh my gosh, I am. this is another thing that I'm thankful for. It's 2020 and Nintendo is so freaking ass. I remember when the freaking Wii U came out and everyone was like, this is it, they lost it. Nintendo (laughs) is no more, this is a failure. I still have my Wii U and I freaking love it. And you know, them coming from a small card playing company to what they are now and still being running in 2020. To me, I am so thankful for that. I love them so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, in the interest of giving people their time back on the the holiday weekend, I'll just I'll close my thankful for things by saying, hey, I'm thankful for the ability to do a video game podcast uh, weekly here. Uh, that's also a wrestling podcast, and thankful that I have a great co-host uh, who you know oh. is able to stay up late nights and and do this. So, <laughs> but yeah, oh,
0: thank you to you too. And very thankful for our listeners. If you guys are out there, thank you so much for tuning in every week. I love you guys. And, hey, Josh, play that uh, DBZ game a lot and definitely review it for us because my friend Riley, he's a super Dragon Ball fan, and he would love to hear your input on it. I don't think he's played that game.
1: Sure, Maybe yeah, I no. I, for- <laughs> uh, I mean, it's only $15 right now at Best Buy. So. And there you which- go the fact that I'm sending people to Best Buy right now just totally messes with my head because I spent so long telling my friends never come into Best Buy cause I'd never helped them because I was helping too many people already. So, um, uh, but that's, a, that's a, that's a whole different problem that we won't get into tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's, you know, we'll put a put a wrap on it, uh, for this week. Uh, make sure, uh, you check us out on Twitter at a bit suplex. Uh, check out, uh, Sandy at sailor Zelda on Twitter. Um, And I'm at Laughlin underscore Josh. Make sure you follow the social suplex podcast uh, network at social suplex, as well as all of our shows, uh, like one nation radio. Like I said, I guested on uh, last week, Uh, keeping it strong style, grave consequences, uh, Ricky and Clive, uh, all things elite. um, Grum mentioned, watch this shit, you know, definitely go check out all of the shows on the network, buy shirts uh, from all of us that have it, especially during this sale pro wrestling tees uh, you don't want to miss it uh sandy speaking of missing things am i missing anything
0: no i think we're good happy thanksgiving you guys thank you so yep. much for listening I love happy you thanksgiving everyone <laughs> we'll see
1: you all uh, same time same place next week bye see you <laughs>